0: Episode 55, Swire Ho, The Promo Guy, Garuda Promo, and Branding Solutions.
1: My favorite mistake is uh, listening, you know, listening to the client.
0: I'm Mark Rabin. This is My Favorite Mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. You can get show notes, links and more at markgraven.com slash mistake 55. And you can enter to win signed books by previous guests at markgraven.com slash contests please subscribe, rate, and review. And now, on with the show. Our guest today is Swire Ho. He is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. He's also an ambassador for the Los Angeles Area Chamber of Commerce. So, before I give a little bit deeper introduction, um, Swire, let me thank you for being here. How are you? Good. I'm good, Mark. Thank you. Nice to be on the show. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. I I, Did I say the name of the company correctly? I hope that wasn't a mistake. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Okay, Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. We'll we'll get Mm -hmm. a little repetition there. Maybe that's that's good marketing. But um, Swire, was uh, he's in L.A. now. He was born and raised in Hong Kong uh, before immigrating um, here to L.A. in 1996. He's a trained sound engineer. He worked at recording studios and entertainment agencies before starting his own company, Hellman Production, In 2003, they produced uh, personalized DVD and CD cases and custom merchandise. Um, They earned a SCORE business award in 2009 for small business success. Uh, Grew, and he sold it in 2013 to focus exclusively on the promotional products industry. So I think we'll talk a little bit about his business endeavors after we hear his story. And then I think this is interesting, too. He is also a certified kettlebell instructor. Um, he practices yoga, organic gardening, and enjoys being in nature. It sounds like those are all very, very helpful things to do.
1: Yeah, this, um, you know, I keep myself busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sure sounds like it. And, and I guess, you know, these activities help you find balance in the midst of um, all of that busyness.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, time-free and right now. So, uh, you know, it's good to have other hobbies other than work. You know, you can't work too much and, you know, over overstretch yourself.
0: Yeah, that would be a mistake. And things like uh, kettlebells and yoga, you can do, you know, the gyms are closed here in California. Those are activities you can do Yeah, much I have a anywhere. whole
1: set at, at, at my backyard. So, like, my routine will be work for, like, 45 minutes, and I'll go outside and swing some kettlebells and come back and – do it over and over. So uh, it's actually worked out for me with the routine.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Um, so Swire, um, as we normally do here, we'll kick off the conversation by asking you to tell a story. What would you say is your favorite mistake?
1: I actually thought about it, you know, after our initial pre-call, you know, I, I still think that this is my favorite mistake is uh, listening, you know, listening to the client. I think especially, you know, going reflect back, to, you know, what happened for the past, you know, 17 years, it's, um, listening is still the key, you know, that I continue working on, especially when there are times that clients are not going to agree with you. How do you still practice good listening? You know, the mistakes that I had before is when I was a lot younger, right? So I will take it, uh, I will take it, I will offend it, right, by, you know why. Don't you agree? You know we did a good job, and you know they have every rights to be you know ad- addressing their comment or feedback. You know that's you know sometimes it's personal opinion, and what I'm not doing if I'm not listening is I'm talking back, right? So it becomes back and forth, back and forth, and sometimes it didn't end well. But now the more I practice uh, listening, I'll know that they actually tell, telling me information. First of all, they're telling me how I can improve our business. You know, the worst thing that I would want to say if we did something for a client and we never heard back from them, are they happy or are they not happy? At least if you talk to me, I know that maybe you're really happy. That's great. And maybe sometimes you said, uh, you could have done this better or maybe your communication, I would rather that you do it this way. So then, you know, you look at it and you take notes and say, you know, thank you for your suggestion. This is something that we can improve on or maybe the direction that you want to go is kind of different than where the customer wants to experience. Then there's another thing that you want to approach. So by letting them talk and listen without saying anything, it's something that I, I you know, would say my favorite mistake and something that I continue to want to get better at.
0: Yeah, well, that's a that's really important Skill. I try to be a really good listener, not just as a podcast host, but in general, because you're right. What I hear you saying, Swire, is, um, you know, say if somebody had an opinion, they didn't like the quality of something or they were upset with the service, it's easy maybe to get a little upset or defensive and thinking about how we're going to argue back with them instead of listening. Is that kind of a fair recap of, of what you were describing? yeah they don't actually want you to really fix or replace anything,
1: but then they're just calling you sometime to address their concern. you know if it would be done it their way, you know this is how they rather would do it, then you really should pay attention because you know if you value the client, you know people have a certain expectation right so mm-hmm. it's it's in their nature to tell you that if they don't see something that you know they think should happen. Uh, to their way and you know if you respect and want to keep the client then you better listen
0: yeah i mean i can think of times you know i, I i'm dealing with the business of some sort you know with the work i do and the clients i work with we really focus on continuous improvement mm-hmm. and to me the first step of improving anything even if i'm not upset but it could be better you know is to make a suggestion and there are times where i'm you know i'm afraid if i if i make a suggestion uh, it, it, nothing's going to happen. I, sometimes I wonder what's the point. I'm making the suggestion to somebody who can't take action. They they might say, "Well, I'll, I'll pass that along," and then maybe it doesn't get passed along. So um, it's good. You know, I imagine that's you know a, a big key to the business success that you had was was figuring this out and being a better listener.
1: Yeah, I would rather they tell me than they not tell me if, you know, whatever that's on their mind because, you know, I'm a sales professional. You know, the more that people would tell me things about, happen to them, the better I can pick up on different things that I can serve them better. Or maybe there's another service that I could offer them, you know, with with, with them telling me. So
0: I would rather they tell me things than not tell me things. Yeah. And I guess if... um... I wonder how often, like somebody gives some feedback, and then when you're being a good listener and demonstrating that, they might then follow up with something that's even uh, more helpful, as a, a suggestion for your business.
1: Yeah, you you gotta be genuine too, you know, because sometimes you you know want to complain. Let's say, for example, at a big company, they'll have someone just sit there and you know they practice good you know the wording. They always stay on the script, but then you can guarantee that they're not going to do anything right? So, you know, my point is after I listen, if it's within my uh, ability to do it, I'll fix it quickly. And then I let them know that I fixed it. Or maybe it's something uh, that could have been improved. You know, I've done it. You know, this is, Or this is my approach moving forward is what I'm going to do. I show them that I'm taking their concern or suggestion uh, in, into heart. So let them know, yeah, listen is one thing, but doing after is the most important.
0: Yeah. I guess that's how you demonstrate that you were actually really listening and not just being quiet. Is that follow-up? Yeah. Um, Was there anything as, as you've gotten better at this, um, anything that you've done to really just help demonstrate to people that you really truly are listening, you really are hearing them, I guess when it's time for a response that that can be helpful. I think
1: it's a process too. You know, like I said, you know, we, we listen, uh, actually, uh, you know, proactively reach out, you know, when they receive our product, right? When the job is finished, I actually send out an email Say, did everything went smoothly, do you like the product that you received? So I actually offer to listen. So now they tell me, oh, we like it, then that's great. Uh, uh, maybe you could improve on something like that, or I don't like the way its package or whatever that might be. So I'll fix it. I'll make sure that it gets done right. And then, you know, I follow up on, if you like, then I ask for the referral because, you know, the goal obviously is you want more business with the same client. Uh, And then it's better for me, I think, to ask for that when they finish and happy with the product. They're more likely to tell others about what you've done for them.
0: Um, So Swire, I mean, looking back at, you know, how you've, um, you know, kind of evolved some of your approach, what do you remember? Was there any particular moment where like the light bulb lit up where you say, okay, I need to be a better listener or what, what prompted your awareness of um, this development that you've gone through?
1: There were a lot of mistakes there. You know, I try to, you know, talk back and say why it's not a fault. So instead of listening, so I probably lost, you know, clients that way, you know, because I might win the conversation, but then I lost the client. So would you rather win the conversation or uh, let the client win? And then you keep the client. So, uh, you know, I learned my lessons there. So that's why it's a continued improvement for my part.
0: Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a good, I, I like the way you put that. Would you rather win the argument or would you rather keep growing your business? <laughs> Yeah. Winning today versus winning long term, I guess, yeah. is uh, the difference there. Um, have, you had no, have you had an opportunity to share that lesson with um, other businesses, either through the Chamber of Commerce or other people in your business network or, or people that you're mentoring, I wonder?
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, the best form of uh, you know, getting clients is from referrals. You know again, that's why I developed that process by listening because I want to make sure that they're happy right before I ask them for referrals um, and then you know give them a reason to you know because you know if you said you're happy with what we have done, then there should be no problem for you to recommend us to other people. So I think that by developing that process in uh, in sales, it's easier you know than if I you know connect you. A year later, hey, can, do you know someone who might be able to use our services? They may already have for, forgotten who you are. So uh, you should ask for it while it's fresh. Yeah.
0: Um, so with, with your company, um, Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions, um, first off, um, what, what types of promotional products or solutions do you offer?
1: Well we have all types of promotional products they are available you know our focus is not really what products we can get it's we wanted to try to understand the client again you know have them talk and we listen and then we uh, ask a lot of questions why are you doing that you know who are you giving it to how are you giving it away so then we provide a custom solution for them that will uh, connect and engage with their target audience so uh, because a lot of people I like to ask the question. Uh, who are you buying these for? What is what is the buyer persona? You know, uh, you know. then I'll think uh, this group wanted to receive the product, you know, that available from us. Or is there something else that I may have in my, uh, you know, catalog that can help them to connect with their audience better? So these are the questions that I always ask. And uh, sometimes clients haven't thought of that, you know, when they think they buy a promotional product, they're just buying a product, put their logo on and give it to everyone. You know, my suggestion is always you don't need to give it to everyone. You know, you have to be more specific. You have to identify who your target audience are and just spend your marketing dollar on them. If they're not in your marketing context here, you don't really have to spend money on that yet, at least for right now.
0: Some really good uh, tips. So I want to come back to uh, maybe this topic of mistakes that people make in marketing promotion, but um, what, what are, let's say, for example, like the top three promotional items that that people buy from you?
1: Well, right now we're still in the pandemic. So our branded mask is still very popular. And then we have also done, you know, because we're, you know, no contact right now, we're all working virtually. So we are actually helping a lot of uh, company uh, uh, a lot of companies are actually onboarding new employees virtually, first time. So it's kind of scary, you know. You're hiring someone that you don't really have them in the office. So what we do is we're helping them to create a uh, onboarding kit. So not only they will send them an employee handbook, materials that they need for work. We also send them, you know, company gifts and company apparel that you know, to make them feel part of the team. So when you first sign on, you want to be welcome. You want to feel that you belong to the team now. So these are something that, you know, actually uh, we have uh, pivot you know, to something because the um, industry and the business environment around us has changed.
0: I see all the time people love posting pictures of these new employee welcome kits on social media. I mean, it's a really, uh, it's it's a way of, uh, it seems like, you know, building, connection and tapping into the excitement that a new employee would have. And then they end up, you know, sharing this and it creates, you know, goodwill or visibility for the company who gives those items. So it seems like there's a lot yeah. of great opportunity from doing that.
1: And in another other way is, you know, you and I probably do a lot of Zoom meetings. I'm sure the, the viewers have been to Zoom meetings. But then one of the challenges is on Zoom meetings, you're on your computer mostly, Right? Then you have other tabs that are open. Maybe 15 minutes in, you see people like kind of looking around, right? You know, They're <laughs> checking their, their email, checking their Facebook. What we have done is we uh, you know, have sent kits to all the participants for the Zoom event, for example, a webinar. Then we have uh, things that are related to the topic, or sometimes we'll include uh, games that they can play. So the idea uh, was you know, to have the pres- presenter to present maybe 15, 20 minutes, And then he will actually uh, have the participant to play a game or refer to the kit that they received. So you kind of keep people engaged and you uh, let them know that you'll be calling on them, you know, uh, with that activity. So you keep people there. And then while they do their activity, maybe for two to five minutes, and then you go back to, to your information again. So we... Felt that you know it will be a lot more engaging and keep people involved than you just look at your screen and you talk for like an hour, which
0: you lost a lot of
1: people at the end.
0: For sure, well, that's that's a good idea. I think to look into because that's it's a, a thing a lot of um, online events struggle with. I think is is that engagement, and by sending items out to people, you can create some sort of tactile, real-world engagement, not just you and the screen. I mean, I like. Different fidget things. I've got like this little, it's not uh, this little strength squeezer thing. Oh. I'm not doing it necessarily to build muscle. It's just it, it, something to do with my hands while I'm on a meeting. So there's all kinds of products that I'm sure you could put a logo on that way. Um, so I'm curious, you know, in 2020, you mentioned the need for the pivot in your business. That's, the result of a different type of listening, you know, like listening to the market, listening to what people are asking for. Can you share a little bit more of that thought process of discovering, okay, gosh, it's not going to be business as usual in 2020? How did you respond to that?
1: We we look at the market, and then I also, you know, been you know checking in with my client, not to sell them, but to find out, you know, what's going on with the business. Because mind you, there are businesses that are doing 300 percent more sales than normal times. If you're in e-commerce, if you're a tech company, if you're in home services, if you're in construction, you actually have a great year ever. You know, people are spending more money, you know, remodeling their home. E-commerce are making a killing because, you know, they're, you, people don't want to go to the store. Uh, so I have actually have different conversation with different clients. So by listening to them and watching uh, the industry, where are we going? Give you an example. In March, we know that we're uh, kind of about shut down by then in California, right? So we know, I noticed that a lot of my supplier uh, in the U.S. and overseas are selling face masks. Like there's like a lot of them, a lot of activity. So I said, should we do that. You know, it, would it be because we haven't caught on and we don't really wear them around March, but then we started to do them and the first two weeks, you know, then we start getting more serious. People are going after the mask. So we were able to pick up on that trend uh, you know, in the month of April, we actually have a huge month because of all the PPE gear that people are looking for. You know, people don't even want the logo on. They just want to have a good source that could uh, get them in so, you know, they can use it. So uh, there was one, you know, we can look at the trend. And at the end, we know that um, companies normally have holiday parties and evangelists for some nonprofits. Year end. But then now they don't really do everything. It's kind of boring to have a Zoom meeting uh, with everyone than just talking. So that's how we came up with that idea for, you know, the, the dropship kit for people to have more fun. You know, imagine you're playing games, the CEO will talk, and, you know, you can also send drinks if you want, right? You can still have a toast virtually. Uh, you can still keep it fun and people do like to have fun, right, still. Uh, but then you might have to think differently and do it in a
0: different way so there's um a couple of previous guests that you remind me of here. one is um Dave Raymond, who has a book called the Power of Fun you know he was uh, he he was a mascot he was in the mascot costume for the Philadelphia Phillies for sixteen years and uh-huh. and now he does work kind of teaching organizations why we should have fun, so it's nice to be reminded of that yeah. And then um, back in episode thirteen, um, my guest Brian Bogert. Um, I don't know if you know this Swire, but his his favorite mistake was related to promotional items that he was giving away to potential clients. Mm. And in a nutshell, he said, you know, he had been giving out like nicely customized to the individual items, where it sounded like you know it, it came across as very thoughtful. And he had a good response from that. And then for some reason, you know, as he said, you know, he changed his approach and he started sending out other gifts. Maybe this comes back to more of your mistake of sending maybe, you know, the the wrong item, you know, sending something to everybody real broadly instead of personalizing it. And he said, you know, people not only um, didn't help him win sales, like there were people who were actively angry at him because they thought the gift somehow came across as sort of cheap or... uh, not thoughtful so you know he was surprised by that response and, and he learned from it so I, I don't tell the story as well as as well as brian did of course but if people want to go back to episode 13 they can oh, hear him I'll tell it, it i'm sorry uh, yeah
1: i'll definitely go check it out because okay. uh, you know right <laughs> because you want to be personalized you know you want people who receive your products say, like, oh this is for me this is so me and then like you mentioned before I'm so happy to receive that, that now I'll take pictures and put it on all my social media. Look what they sent me. Look what this company sent me. And the ultimate goal for a promotional product is you want to turn your audience or clients to be your mini advocates. So they will actually actively engage, reach out and to talk about your brand without you paying them. Just because they feel the connection with you uh, by you know, knowing them who they are. So that's the ultimate goal that I always challenge uh, my client. Tell me who they really are so then I can find something that is for them specifically. So they actually use it every day. They tell everyone about your company uh, just by you, you know, spending this money and time to think about who they are.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a, a software company that um, I work with called Kinexis. and w- we would have webinar guests. And one of the things we were doing for a while as a thank you would be sending a book. Like our CEO has a list of business books that he really likes. And we would send a um, physical copy of a book with a thank you note. And I think people appreciated that. But um, our, our one marketing manager came up with an idea that sounds more along the lines of what you were saying of um, sending a, a thank you bag full of company branded items, you know, fun stuff, even the bag is printed in a way with you know company logo and, and graphics. And we sent one of those out and uh, the woman we sent it to took pictures, shared it on social media. Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're, we're definitely going to continue doing that. I think the book was a nice gesture, but it, it didn't have the same emotional connection mm-hmm. as some of those branded items did. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't have to be
1: expensive. You don't have to use money to impress people. It's just if I know that... You like, let's say, if you know, you know that I like kettlebell. Then, if you send me something that relate to that category, you know that I'm gonna use it. But if you know that I only do uh, cooking, for example, then you won't send me a kettlebell. It's just how well do you know your client? Do you really know what group, or if you have a top ten, who your top tens are? You know what what kind of things would they respond to? Or if you you know, send it to them, would they call you right away and say, thank you so much for sending me that gift. That's still me. You know, like you got to take some time. It's not right away. And then I have over 10,000 items available. So I'm, I can be sure that if you let me know what demographics, uh, what the persona is like, I'll be able to find something that you know re- will respond to each group.
0: And that comes back to your, your listening and you're asking questions around what are you trying to accomplish and, I mean, I think that that's an important lesson. You know, even thinking back to business school, they they talk about you know being customer focused, and you can do that sort of superficially, or it sounds like you dig deeper to really understand what the what the client's trying to do.
1: Yeah, that, and that's came what I said. You know, rather they talk to me, some of them don't like to talk about. We ask them who your target audience. Is. You know, I I'm just buying pen. I want everyone to have a pen for me with my logo on it. So. Uh, you know some clients do think like that you know and it's my continued way to while listening to them I will encourage them to think and identify uh, that in your marketing you don't you never want to market to everybody don't use the word everybody and anybody yes they could go to your restaurant right even a restaurant everyone got to eat you know so that's why I'm talking to everyone but Think about where you're located, what type of food that you have, uh, what kind of price point that you have. Maybe you have different core and you have a different, you know, culture that people respond to. Um, So then you develop your persona. You know, maybe you are fast food, you have pizza. So maybe when there's a football game, then people becomes your uh, immediate client. Then you won't target people who are having business luncheon. So if you're able to tell me who they are or any marketing effort that you do, then the more that you know about your target audience, the better your marketing campaign will be.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing you know, those, those tips and, and mentioning some of the mistakes people might make in their promotional efforts. And uh, I really appreciate you, Swire, for sharing that in addition to your story. It's always a good reminder to focus on listening. That's something that we can always be working on. I guess sort of like you can always be working on your garden, right? Yeah. Um, Random question before we go. What's your favorite thing that you grow in your organic garden? The favorite thing? I
1: planted some young orange tree. It's the second year right now. It's getting better. It's not as sour. So I guess, you know, like your example, you got to, you know, keep tendering your tree when they're young. So then at the end, when they grew up, you could take, you know, pick the fruit that I sweet and, you know, whenever you you want it. So I guess it's kind of this analogy too. You have to take care of it. And then at the end, it will take care of you.
0: That's beautifully said. Our guest, I'll wrap up on that note, has been Swire Ho. He is Director of Sales and Marketing at Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. Their website is garudapromo.com. I'll put a link to that and all of um, Swire's social media Links. Um, he he uses hashtag the promo guy. So say hi to him, tell him that you've heard the episode, and uh, maybe you can act, interact with Swire on social media. So um, thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate your uh, perspectives today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks again to Swire. You can find links and show notes and more at slash mistake 55. Our next couple of guests include Christine Handy, a former model. Um, Lee Houghton, a business consultant from England, and Laura Kriska, author of the book, The Power of We. Thanks for subscribing if you've already done so. Please rate and review us if you have the chance on your favorite app of choice. And I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they've started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work, and they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com. And again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.